Welcome back. After uh, what is now going on nearly a nine-month hiatus. Is that how long it's been? Uh, our last upload on January, to February, Spotify or like the, the platforms was January 24th. Before everything kind of shut down, I think obviously some personal things got in the way. But welcome back to the Room for Error podcast. It is Cole Sheets and Dan Harmson, my brother from another mother. Season 2, episode 1. How's everyone doing out there? Dano, what's going on, brother? Just, you know, out here living life, you know, pandemic. Dad life. Some other stuff. Oh, yeah. Had a kid. Yeah, there's two babies now. Upstairs, uh, dad, doing baby stuff. Dad Cole and Dad Dan. Yeah, so that happened. Do we just have to call you Daddy from now on? Please don't. <laughs> That's creepy. Yeah, so yeah, well, there was like a pandemic. Well, it was the middle of pig sale season, and then there was a pandemic. And, and then, then basketball shut and down. And then basketball shut down, and then we had children. Yeah, do you, do you remember that day? That was like the day that Earth stood still. It was like when all of a sudden, oh, this conference tournament is canceled. When I they believe. pulled Michigan off the floor. Yeah, and all of a sudden just Rudy Gobert test positive, and oh, this conference tournament is canceled. This conference tournament is canceled. This co- and it was just like the day sports stood still. It was wild. I remember we were watching it, watching the tournament at home, I think that afternoon. And yeah, Iowa State got to play its game. They played, yeah. and then um, they walked off the floor because, I, if I remember right, didn't um, OSU hit like a buzzer beater or that something was, like that? It wasn't a buzzer beater, but they won. Oh, yeah. Last second shot. They weren't very good. What a what a weird basketball season we had. It wasn't weird. It just wasn't good. Yeah. You know, anyway, not, not the most fun. But thing. I just got to put it out there. Fran McCaffrey and his best Iowa team in a decade still can't get them to – NCAA tournament last year. Jesus. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> what a failure. Yeah. Disaster. Uh, Extend him again, Barta. Why not? Why not? And then slash everyone else's budget and give everyone a raise. But we'll get to that later. Uh, again, thanks everyone for tuning in. There's a lot of people that actually poked and prodded us, which again is surprising. Just watch where you poke me. That Yeah, exactly. Uh, that people wanting us to record and, and jump back in and it's – it's flattering um, that we've got, what, maybe three or four fans, so that's kind of cool that we can... I think we're approaching double digits. We can we can bust up people's day, whether you're driving or you're in your office, but um, uh, again, I'd just like to say thanks for sticking with us and tuning back in, and it's been a, it's been a goofy couple months, and I think we're all uh, stir-crazy, and there's been a lot of social things that have happened, and um, not only, um, you know, politically, um, socially health wise um you know world health wise there's just so much going on and it really put a damper on things for us we you know being two expecting dads or both of our wives being pregnant and expecting our first firstborns and trying to navigate those waters amidst a, a health crisis and then on top of that like trying to to figure out how to balance new family life issues and, you know, things like that. New, new career paths. Amidst, amidst a pandemic. Yeah. 
Um, it's, and then a land hurricane. It's yeah, a land hurricane. It's been wild, and and I'm not gonna bore anyone with anything that they don't know because I think we've all been dying to get back to um, sports as an escape and stop trying to have to live with the sadness that we see in the news and on the television, whether it's um, people um, people getting sick and and the you know, in bad health or whether it's, um, different groups of people being, um, discriminated against for whatever reason. It's just, there's a lot of sadness in the world and sometimes it just helps or people to, burning down their own city. Yeah. It's just sad to see. And, and I, I can't, I can't relate with the, with the anger that they feel. Um, and a lot of that probably is not people who are actually protesting for good use. It's the people who are taking advantage of bad situations, but that's something we all know. But once again, um, we're 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 gonna try to help everyone get back to sports as an escape, and we're gonna try to make fun of each other and and go from there. So that, that was, won't be hard. That was my uh, opening Dan Patrick monologue. Um, if it was was that above the noise? That was not above the noise. Uh, he's that's like I I don't really love Dan Patrick, but I love those a little above the noise thirty five seconds. I'm Dan not Patrick's a big great. I'm not a big DP guy. Big Ryan Rosillo guy myself. I do like Rosillo. Um. It's interesting that you say that. Get back to sports being an escape. Because that that's something that's very true. And lately, like, sports being an escape, I think, has not happened. It's been a whirlwind of a year from, like I said, college basketball and NBA players getting pulled off the court, trying to, you know, navigate that situation. Now we're in, the, you know, the playoffs in the bubble and everything that's happened in the bubble, which, once again, the NBA players walking off the court again, um, NFL players, you know, all this. We've had college football players go out there. You know, and then MLB completely almost ruining their whole fan base by not playing. Um, it's just been weird. And usually, like I said, sports, we'd love to be an escape. would love to be a distraction. I, I think a lot of people look at it as like, how else can this distract, distract us from just the monotony and terror and scary things that are real life? Because it has been a scary last nine months. Um but sports and politics and real life have clashed more often than not. And lately here, even with some of the decisions being made around college football and NFL football and things like that, sports and politics, have, you know, are clashing more often than they should be. And sports have become a political issue. I mean, I was going to save this for later, but we have the president of the United States on the phone with the Big Ten commissioner trying to make decisions happen. I, I mean... It's unprecedented. Say, well, it's, it's unprecedented, but say what you want. But he, he could have other things to be focusing on, you know, whatever. He could. So um, I, that is one thing I'd like, you know, I'd like to get that back. Like, oh, this is something that's fun. This is something we can go enjoy instead of having to go on and be like, oh, well, we're pissed at this guy or what's going on here. It's just, you know, it hasn't been that, It you know, all summer it feels like. It's it's almost like and it and it wasn't ever not like this before, but social media is just an absolute cesspool. I don't care what platform you're on; it seems like the only way to get away from it. Um, it seems just like get off of Instagram it. or Snapchat, Snapchat, because you can't <laughs> you can't just grab people's attention. Like you just can't read all the comments on Instagram because it's just a picture, and you can just skim right over it if you want to. Like something that's a attention grabber on Facebook. I mean, it's going to suck you in, and you're just going to go into the mud hole with them, and it. It just, it, it's weird for me, social media, I'm not on the instant gram, um, but I am on Snatterchap. <laughs> I am on the Twitter sphere and Facebook, unfortunately. And Facebook for me has become nothing more than a place to share funny memes and find funny memes and make fun of 
you know, and, and, you know, just stuff like that, but Facebook and promote my business more or less than anything, but Facebook and Twitter are very different spheres. I've realized Facebook has become a bunch of, a bunch of cringy 40 to 60 year olds who've discovered the internet for the first time. And like, first you used to think like conspiracy theories were on the verges of both ends, you know, like, Oh, just this really weird, you know, percent of the population believes this crazy ass stuff. But all of a sudden, like, we've realized how gullible 40 to 70-year-olds are in the U.S. Because all, just because it's on Facebook, oh, my God, this pandemic's fake. It's because Bill Gates wants to put a microchip in all of our arms. That's what this whole thing's about, man. I swear to God. Yeah. You know, or it's or it's shit like this. Or it's, you know, we can't just look at things for what they are. And Twitter, on the other hand is 20 to 30 year olds or 15 to 30 year olds pissing out there and moaning. just pissing and moaning about everything and talking mad shit and hating on each other. You know, so between 60 year old people on Facebook that, you know, every, well, I saw on Facebook, it's gotta be true, you know, promoting. I mean, this is why fake, you know, fake news became a thing, but unfortunately like, I mean, it's just, everyone's promoting fake news. There's, Nobody cares about data or real things, but because it's out there. And the great thing about the fake news deal is no matter what data you present to show, oh, this is an answer and this is a relevant thing, as long as you say, oh, that's fake news, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's amazing how at this day and age that that we cannot rely on journalists and media half the time to deliver us a fact that after you see something, you literally have to go search for it on your own and maybe find your own two or three unbiased source sources. Is there such a thing anymore? No, probably not. But that's that's just the thing. Like you have to you have to dig now and you can't it's almost like there's zero trust between any it's almost like and, you should just, you know, decide what the truth is yourself and, and go upon that. Yeah. But instead of, you know, letting the news media or letting social media tell you what to think. Yeah. Knock, well, knock, knock. Um, so. I, I, I love the opening discussion here. Um, let's let's kick it. Um, let's get back to some sports. Let's have some fun. Um, all of that being said, guys, we're so happy to be back. I, Dan commented when I was setting up the equipment down here. I'm just like a kid on Christmas morning, like just running around, plugging things in, like getting computers set up and 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 pads of paper writing scribbling notes it's just it's this is fun for me right now and i'm i'm glad everyone wanted us to get back into it and so back to uh uh we'll bring an old segment back our uh, cocktail of the uh week and or month or bi-weekly cocktail um it just seemed very fitting um into summer everyone enjoys it we've both got a nice tall boy of bush light here in front of us and Oh my there, god, that's cold. There will. I don't. I don't think so good stopped, when it hits your lips. When we stopped. When we started. We stopped recording. Was the Bush Light guy even a thing? On. I mean, there's been so Carson much that's King? happened. No, not Carson oh. King. That Bush. That guy. Maybe. Maybe he was. Yeah, that's been a marketing ploy for at least a couple years now. I wonder. Um, like that guy just started because he loved Bush Light, but he's got to be getting some money from them at this point now. Oh, right? you mean the you betcha dude? Yeah, you betcha. Oh, oh, you betcha. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure he is. Like they've got a podcast that they record. I've never listened to it, but I bet that's actually entertaining. I, yeah, I'd I'd probably doubt. He he is he's all these like videos with Charlie Barons now that are hilarious. Yeah. The man of talk watch minute. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh so, um I think where do you want to start here, Danny? We've uh, got a we, lot of stuff to cover. We do. Um I think I think maybe we ought to start with maybe some of the the more obvious things. Um, you know, we've started with some college football predictions here, but um, we're going to have to walk a lot of them back probably by our next episode when yeah, the think... Big Ten decides that they're going to resume play. Because will that... they though? Will they? Dude, I 
uh, you and I talked about it and Let, texted back and forth. Let's it's just like, talk about the Big Ten and Pac-12. If, let's the, talk about if it. the Big Ten and Pac-12 don't play, I, I literally fear that they – I don't fear. It just seems like something that's going to happen. That their, their schools are going to turn into like – no, I don't even want to call them FCS programs, but they're just going to be so broke. Well, unless you're Gary Barda and has taken <laughs> out a $75 million loan already. Um, but there is a big part of that. Really, I think there's only two schools in the Big Ten that can probably withstand a year of not playing football um, financially, and that's Ohio State and that's Michigan. Yeah, I just, think that's true. Just from you know a standpoint of how much money there is in the endowment and university and things like that. But a lot of these other schools, I mean, you know, football's not that you know it's not everything. I was a football school, but it, you know, the, I was financials. I mean. This you know situation is not very good. I, I think we do need to touch on that a little bit. This <sighs> the day that all this shit went down. I remember it was it was the same Monday morning as the derecho hit because I was going in and the big discussion of the day is the Big Ten had decided to cancel the season. Everyone knew the Pac-12 was going to go along with them, and the Big 12 was the swing vote. The Big 12 decided to play. SEC and ACC were all right. Here we go. And if not, it felt like college football was going to be over. And, like, I'm just perusing message boards, all kinds of stuff, texting my sources, all, you know, none of them, trying to figure out what was going to happen, you know. Um, and ultimately, the Big 12 made the decision to go ahead and try and play, and we're going to have a football season. And now we stick in this limbo of, all right, Big Ten's going to play in the spring, and maybe Pac-12, but no one's really thought about the Pac-12 until this last week when they, they came out with this um, – this Quidel, this company that they're going to partner with on testing, and the quote I saw in one of the articles I read, this this Quidel is going to offer rapid, you know, day everyday testing for Pac-12 athletes, and it says, yeah, it should give us the ability to start playing sports again in 2021. So the Pac-12 has moved on. They are not playing. They are not going to attempt to play fall, fall football. And I think with that said, they are going to continue to slide further and further down that precipice of where they were already were and being also rans. It's almost like they'll be a, 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 a cousin to the Mountain, the West. Mountain West. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I, I'm probably one of the only people uh, east of Nebraska that gives a shit about the Pac-12. Um, watching Pac-12 after dark, like watching, you know, UCLA and Wazoo kick off at, you know, 1030 Central Time. It's awesome. Like sitting there having a cocktail you know, I've probably been in bed for 45 minutes by the time that happens. Well, no, but I'm I'm just I'm sitting in bed watching it and just you know drink there with me and you know whenever you get bored of it you can just turn it off and go right to sleep. Um, and and I I like watching it because there's a lot of high high powered offense and not a lot of defense played, so it's always exciting. You know, it's not like a it's not ground and pound Big Ten football. You know, in the middle of winter, so it's it's fun for me to watch. And even then, like Mountain West stuff that kicks off, you know, like Hawaii yeah. will kick off at 11.30 p.m. sometimes in Central. Speaking of Pac-12 after dark, did you see what Kansas's kickoff time for their opening game is on Saturday? Um, I didn't. 9 p.m. That's goofy. So, well, no, it's because we have this whole time slot that the networks are used to filling. Yeah, that's that true. No one can fill, so we're going to put Kansas there because no one wants to watch him anyway. I mean, at this point, um, I'm, I'm pretty much willing to watch any piece of college football that someone will offer me. Um, I unfortunately did not get the chance to watch much this weekend. We were um, running some errands on Saturday before a wedding. I did get to watch Marshall kick the absolute shit out of Eastern Kentucky. Uh, this this kid they got playing quarterback, Marshall, I think he's a redshirt freshman or true freshman from West Virginia. Dude can sling it. And he's got some athletes, and that's always fun to watch. Um, a, lot, a lot of, you know, probably 
pulling kids out of the coal mine there in Works, Virginia. Dude, hard workers, baby. So no, back uh, sorry, to but back sorry. to the Big Ten conversation. My bad. Big Ten made the call. Well, first of all, we got. I want to throw Kevin Warren under the bus completely. <laughs> they they started this problem. The Big Ten made a decision early in the summer to say, "Hey, we're playing without talking to any of the other leagues, without you know conversing with the networks, anything." Kevin Warren and the Big Ten University presidents made the decision, "Hey, we're going to play a conference only schedule." And all of a sudden, you know, all these schools that had maybe Big Ten teams on their schedule or all these other things said, well, what the hell are we going to do? You know, and because they made that decision without calling everyone else, you know, everyone else was forced to do the same thing because it, it just radically changed the outlook of the season. Um, then we get into this point of, well, the Big Ten just decides they're going to quit and they blame myocarditis or whatever all this other stuff is. And we're, we're finding out more and more often that a lot of stuff causes myocarditis. I'm just a common cold or flu does, and that the numbers of myocarditis were a lot lower than anyone thought they were. Um, we also have doctors from the Mayo Clinic and other places saying that that's a bunch of bull honky. But regardless, the Big Ten then goes to make the decision where to cancel the season, knowing the Pac-12 was going to go with them, and just assuming, well, everyone else kisses our ass. We're the big boys. We make the most money. And I think there were a lot of middle fingers that went up you know, in the Midwest to southern, southeast part of the country and said, Fuck yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do it on our own. And now, the Big Ten is looking at such a deficit. Gary Bard has already cut five sports. They've taken a seventy-five million dollar loan, and that's just the tip of it. What about some of these other schools that aren't as well off? What about Rutgers? You know, what about some of these other schools? Um, and now we've got the President of the United States making phone calls, trying to get the Big Ten to play again. So there's been a lot of theories out in the last couple weeks. October ten is the day that the last day that the Big Ten can start playing football and get enough games in to still be in the college football playoff conversation. October 10, you said? October 10. That's a little more than a month away. So they would still have time for fall camp. It's a, it's a Saturday. I was just curious. Yeah, that would be the first game kickoff, and they could still. But that includes no bye weeks. So if a team breaks with COVID and they have to cancel a game because they can't put together that 53-man roster, um, there's no makeup dates. You're just going to have less games in your schedule. That's just it's exactly five weeks from Saturday. Yeah. So Last Saturday. that being said, you know, we haven't heard, heard nothing about the Big Ten presidents revoting on this issue. What's going to happen? I have heard I have read in various places that if the Big Ten does come forward and play football, the Illinois schools will not be playing. Maryland will not be playing. And Rutgers more than likely will not be playing and possibly Michigan, although the Michigan high school sports started again this week. Yep, I saw that in Louisiana. Um I don't know. Well, they they said. I mean, Warren was so matter of fact. Um, well, what maybe two weeks? Oh yeah, that's we what are he not said. revisiting. He goes, it. It, like we we can appreciate the frustration and blah 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 blah, but it will not be revisited. It's like, dude, it's such a fluid situation that the information changes every other day. Doesn't right. it seem like that? Why would you write it off? Why? Well, would that's you? the problem. Is if you can't adapt, grow and adapt so yeah. much, and and that's kind of. You know, that that's a microcosm of that conference there is growing and adapting and doing all that kinds of stuff. You know, I mean, with some of the old heads that are in charge of departments there. But it's just interesting. He went out there, and this is our decision, and he's been really blasted in the last few weeks just for their lack of transparency and lack of communication with the other leagues and networks and all these other things and left just basically, you know, three-quarters of college football hanging. I mean, I can't say that he doesn't deserve it. No, no. So – all of this pending, so all of these, we did a college football preview show last year. It was our first episode. It's one of my favorite things to do. 
Um, honestly, and, and one thing the pandemic has taught me, I check the Cubs box score every day, but I haven't really watched very much of them. I listen to Pat Hughes every once in a while. Um, but other than that, it's really taught me how little I care about other sports besides college football. Um, let's build off of that. How about um, back when a lot of this started back in March where MLB is literally getting to be the first league off the tee box to do it right and put a plan in motion and the, the owners and the players cannot get out of each other's way. Look like and, a bunch of greedy And fucks. they, like, it made me so fed up with baseball pretty much immediately. But then we're so desperate for sports by the time it comes on, and it's still the first league on the TV, you know, you're still going to watch it, you know, regardless. But, like, the, the MLB, they just, those owners and, like, owners specifically looked like a bunch of old crotchety mother effers. Well, the players look greedy too, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, there's, there's no... You know, there's there's no one innocent in these parties either because these, you know, some of these deals and, and you read about the negotiations and some of these things that were happening between the players and the owners, it wasn't like the, the, the deal was only going to affect like 4% of the league. And that's all it was. Like the other 96% of players were going to get a majority of the salaries, but those 4% of players were just pissed because like, well, I don't want to take that big of a pay cut. It's like, dude. Uh, and and it's probably selfish reasons on our end, right? Like we just want to watch him play baseball, right? Like and like um, can sit here and kill Mike Trout or Clayton Kershaw or Anthony Rendon, whatever you want to do, like because maybe they say we don't want to play for that, you know, we don't want to cut our salary sixty percent. And I mean, I, I don't, I but can't should say you get paid for work you're not doing. I can't say I blame them because at the same time, like I don't want my salary to get cut sixty percent either. So like I, I right, but if you were only working forty percent of the time, do you deserve to get paid for a hundred percent of your check? It's exactly now you a, sound. I'm, it's a, no, it's keep my thoughts to myself. No, you're no, you're right on. I I agree with you. Um, but it's it was just they had a chance to to set the standard and be the league and make themselves look good, and then once again the NBA swoops in and and does it right and creates a bubble and then gives everyone a baseline and the MLB just sitting there with a thumb in their ass. Like well, a bunch and of then idiots. we've had the Marlin and Cardinals fiasco and oh, can't horrible figure things out. Yeah. And by the way, it sounds like Jason Hayward. What happened? I saw he possibly has COVID. Yeah. So. He said he wasn't feeling, I saw they, they, they took him to the hospital. Him. Yeah. Shortness of breath, which well, isn't great. That's usually a bad sign. Yes. Um, well, I, I do want to ask a question before we kind of get into any more yeah. of this. Did you have, have you had a COVID test? No, I have not. Have you? Um, we went to a wedding about, well, uh, yeah, what was it, two or three weeks ago? Um, came home Sunday, felt fine. Monday, woke up with like just a little tickle in my throat, nothing too crazy, and then got super bad congestion like right in my forehead, like just all sinus plugged up. Yeah, but up. Cole, if you spend too much time Hang in on. the sun, that happens to you. Hang on. Will you be quiet? Yeah, you're right. My immune system sucks. Uh, just terrible, terrible cold. No chest pain, no shortness of breath, no fever, but just like those body aches. And like, it's just, it's a cold you've had before. Well, so I called the nurse and, and she made me come get a test. She goes, just cause you were at a wedding, like just come get tested. And I was under the impression that they're going to stick that swab, like all the way up into your brain. Cause I'd heard horror stories about it. Right. Just if anyone wants to know from my experience, all they did was just like swab in your nose and it, well, it made me test. So it made me want to sneeze worse than anything. Like well, it tickled. there's different tests. I mean, some of them are just a nasal swab. Some of them are like the brain swab. Yikes. Some of them are just saliva. You know, you spit in a cup. I mean, there's all kinds of different varieties of way. I haven't had to have one yet. Um, but from what I understand, if you have COVID, um, if you are a symptom shower, you will know it from what I understand. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, anyways. Okay. Moving on. Uh, Dan, let's, uh, let's get into the, let's get into the flavor of the month. Let's do it. I'm so excited. This guys call it. 
college football. The meat of the podcast here. All right, where do you want to start? T-bone. Where would you like to start? Well, you... so last year we did a conference by conference breakdown. Sure. Uh, some high points and low points. We have I have five scalding hot takes. Love it. Um, do you want to go by our conference conference? I have a couple, you know, headlines. Sure. Like, let's go conference by conference. Where do you want to start? And well, so obviously I I don't think we're gonna spend much time in the Big Ten Pac-12 because we don't oh, know what's going to happen. That's correct. It'll it'll change Pac-12 probably in two weeks. Probably isn't playing regardless. And I don't buy this spring spring football can maybe happen on the West Coast. Um, the climate, but this spring football thing at the Big Ten is not happening. That's why they're trying to get this, you know, October season happening now because they're not putting teams in a dome in a bubble, putting them inside. We are not having January football games in Kinnick Stadium or Camp Randall or TCF Bank Stadium when it's negative thirty degrees. Sorry, folks, not happening. And regardless, if you're Justin Fields or anybody with an NFL future, why would you? Why would you play a spring football season? Or Panay Sewell, the offensive tackle from Oregon, who just said basically, hey, I'm done. I'm sitting out. You well, know? and the same with the um, – God, we just talked about it. Justin Jefferson? No, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Uh, yeah. Dude, why would you? If you got nothing to gain from it – well, it, Big Ten, it's exhibition season come yeah. October 10th. Well, it won't but. matter. You're not being in contention for a bowl game. I talked to someone about this. Well, yeah, but really, you know, if the Big Ten and the Pac-12 – they play in the spring, you know, the, the winners could play in the Rose Bowl, and that'd be like the national championship anyway. Okay, so let's see I'm who like, was that. That had to have been a Hawk fan. It, it was. Hang on right. a minute, hang on a minute. Let's say we had, had to have been Trent. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but, but it was a Hawk jar. fan, you're it right. It was Jar. It, it was, it, um, but that is the most like, oh yeah, and you know, that's really the only thing that matters if the Big Ten and Pac-12 champion play each other, you know, like, you know, right. And you also got a 13 on your ACT, so that goes to say that. Um, but anyway, yeah, he'll name this person will rename nameless, you know, because when was the last time we, we saw a big 10 team win a game in the playoff? I mean, 2014. Oh man, that's a good question. When was that? Yeah, I think so. Although a big 12 team has yet to win a game in the playoff. So yeah, yeah, we can't, we can't talk too much trash. But regardless, it doesn't matter. Um, so anyway, so I think okay, we'll so jump yeah, into, which, jump which into our, we have three conference previews, and we're not gonna. The AAC is great. All these other small Sun Belt, the Fun Belt I is love, playing. Those are my favorite conferences to bet on. Just FYI, yeah. and I got a couple in there for you yeah, guys coming the, up. The Fun Belt is playing. The AAC is playing, and the AAC is kind of half-ass power conference this year. Oh yeah, dude. Um, no, but do you want to go through your five scalding hot takes, or should you go conference by conference? Um, I actually, I kind of have one scalding hot per conference. So okay. I think, okay, um, I what I'd that. like to do, I think we ought to go to each conference, and yeah. then. We'll, we can circle back around and maybe put them, put all the pu- pieces of the puzzle together. What do you think of that? Sounds good. All right. So which conference are we starting Let's in here? Let's just buddy? go ahead and start with the Big 12. It's okay. close to home. I love it. That's actually where I started in my notebook here. Um, okay. So obviously the Big 12 I think is I think is going to have a couple of surprise teams. Um, really one in particular comes to mind, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, for me, it's, it's just the usual suspects like always. I mean, you got OU – um, they're going to bring in uh, was Spencer Rattler now. Uh, is he sophomore? He's red a shirt freshman. Red shirt freshman. Um, going to come in like already probably looking at third team, all Big Twelve quarterback, something like that. I mean, he, well, the amount of hype he's gotten for taking zero meaningful snaps. Oh, for sure. Something. Yeah. Um. And and the quarterback whisper Lincoln Riley. I think he made me eat my words quite a bit. I wasn't sold on on Jalen Hurts, and I think some of the words that Dan um snarled at me were um. I, I had mentioned that I didn't believe that, that Jalen Hurts could do it, and you said something that pretty much stopped me in my tracks. Like, what information has he given you to not believe in him in terms of Lincoln Riley? And you were dead on. Jalen Hurts had a fantastic year. Right. Um, 
and so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna buy into the hype. Um, I th- obviously OU again usual suspects, but um, I think there are a couple of downfalls. I think there's gonna be a team that takes a big step backwards, and I think think there's gonna be a team that takes a big step forward. But and then at the bottom of the conference, I mean. Kansas sorry it's just going to be like that for maybe a year or two more I think West Virginia is going to be down there at the time or for this time too but um I don't know I guess I'll just kind of rattle off what I think here is going to happen okay. um, who's your who, who's who's your conference title game participants my conference title game participants <laughs> that's kind of a hard word to get on the mic participants my conference game part conference championship participants the in the big, 12 big 12 championship game are the Oklahoma Sooners and the Kansas State Wildcats whoa uh, I was looking Whoa. at K State's schedule, and here's how this is going to play out. You guys ready? Here's here's hot take number one. <clears throat> when K State and Texas play in the final week of the regular season, they are both going to be coming in at six and two, I believe. No, excuse me, seven and two. They'll be coming in at seven and two, with the opportunity for whoever wins that game to play in the Big Twelve championship game. Uh, if I remember right, uh, that would be, um, I believe it's in Austin. And at that point, I believe Tom Herman is coaching for his job. Um, if they're seven and two, I don't think Herman's coaching for his job because the reason he's going to be coaching for his job is because there'll be another loss to OU in the red river, red river rivalry. I also think. They're going to drop one of these games, and it's going to be to Okie State or Baylor. And so they're going to be riding him a little bit. With that, I think the reason that he probably gets another year because of this, um, it's just a a weird college football season. Well, income is going to be decided. They're not going to be able to buy him out. Yeah. Um, So he's going to get another year. But it's gonna it's gonna play heavily into the years going forward for him. But I think he's gonna luck out, and I think Okie State's gonna take a little minor step back. And so going into that, um, the game is excuse me, the game is in Manhattan. So I'm gonna take K State in that one. Here's the deal: if it did come down, I'm not as high in K State as you are. K State for me, they finished um, eight and four in the regular they, they season. They did, they did. You know, and awesome and year. I I believe in that head coach. I believe in the system he's put in. Um, I don't believe in them having to replace five starters on the offensive line. Yeah, fair enough. I I can agree with you. And I'm pretty sure like seven starters on defense. Uh, I've got them. Last year was a very senior-laden class. Um, I I do believe K-State. I do believe what they're doing. I think they're going to be tough. I think they'll be top half, top four or five of the conference for sure. They, but if it came down to that game, I would take them just mental toughness over Texas for sure every time. They've uh, I'm going into I, the matchup in Ames. Or even Okie State. I mean, it's it's week seven or their seventh game. I don't know what week that is. It's November seventh, is what it says. I've only got them losing one game, and it's at Oklahoma. They're they're at home against Texas Tech and on the road at TCU. We don't know what TCU's quarterback situation is. They're on the road. They're on the road at West Virginia. That might be a test. Nah. Kansas at home, Arkansas yeah. State at home. Like that thing's, that's that's up. I I haven't seen that, but that sounds up pretty nice. Okie State and and they're at home against Okie State. And then they just have to travel to Ames and Waco, and then they get Texas the last the last game of the season. And Baylor's going to take a step up. back. That sets Dude, up. Dude, I'm telling well. you, Never I thought about that. K State's K State's got a still they got a window. Starters, five stars. I I agree. That's that's going to be a tough one to overcome. But I think, um, my gosh, why am I going to bl- Chris? Uh, their new coach. My gosh, the guy from South Dakota or NDSU. And, yeah, 
what, North why Dakota did, State. Why did Chris I just, Kleiman. Kleiman. Sorry, my bad. Uh, you could see by the end of the year he had that he had that program bought in and clicking. Um, I dug it, I, and I I think they can do it. So that's kind of my hot take from the okay. big the big. And 12. if that's the case, they are they are Oklahoma's worst matchup. Absolutely, pound the shit out of the yep. ball, play good defense. So so like I said, I, my final conference standings: I got OU and K State one and two. K State winning out. Uh, excuse me. Um, winning the tiebreaker, the rubber match. Um, I've got Iowa State in the three-hole. Okay. Um, I think they're going to have a good year. I think we're going to see some hiccups. More on that later, early. Um, Texas fourth, Okie State fifth, TCU six, Texas Tech seven, West Virginia, Baylor, Kansas rounds it out. All right. Um, who's your Who's your Big 12 player of the year? Um, I actually hadn't even thought about that now that you say that out loud. Um, There's kind of three – Three easy, you know, names have been tossed. Around. I mean, I mean, I'll build off of it since I'm since I'm riding the the K State uh, bandwagon. I'll go with uh, quarterback Skylar Thompson. I thought he graduated. Did he? <laughs> I don't know. I, first of all, what that guy? Whatever. That guy like completed no, four of thirteen passes against Iowa State last year. You think that guy is going to be the Big Twelve Player of the Year? No, he's still there. If K State if K State does win games, it's not because of him. It's because they run this shit out of the ball and play good defense against special teams. You never know. That guy went like four for thirteen in the Iowa State game last year. There's a lot of there's a lot of time in between the Iowa State game last year and the start of this season. There, Christ. bud. I'm sorry, you're fucking high. All right, um, hot take tavern for me. For me, it's the media has just been riding Sam Ellinger and Spencer Rattler's dick hard, <laughs> hard. So it could be one of those two. Chuba Hubbard obviously is another name out there that I'm pretty sure won that title last year, but. Um, you know, for my underachieving team, I kind of see Okie State taking a step back. I mean, it goes along with something I'm going to say here later, but, you know, that team, Chuba's coming back, Tylen's coming back, the defense for the most part is coming back. Um, Chuba Hubbard ran for 2,100 yards last season. It's incredible. It's an incredible feat. Where did that get them last season? Were they 7-5? and five? Were they 6-6? Six and six? I can't remember. But regardless, they ran the piss out of the ball. That was the one thing they did really well. In, this, in the Big 12, you can either be a team that does one thing really well, like an Oklahoma or an Oklahoma State, and rely on that, or you can be like a Kansas State or an Iowa State or a team that tries to do everything just really good. Um, And just where did that get Oklahoma State last year? Spencer Sanders, even for being the Big 12 freshman of the year, threw more interceptions per per passing attempt than any other quarterback in the country. They finished 8-4. and four. You know, I just I think I think Okie State's taking a step back, and that's just me because we've seen this before. When Gundy teams get hyped, they don't usually sneak up on anybody. You know, I I just and for me, I think Gundy Gundy might be at that point where he's you know he's lost his ingenuity. Yeah, he's got a new offensive coordinator. It's going to take a new offensive coordinator, Yurisich or wait, Yurisich at Texas. I can't remember. Um, they both have Texas has new coordinators on both sides of the ball. Um, yeah, basically, he's tr- Herman's trying to build a little mini Ohio State over there. He's got Chris Ash, and so know. here's uh yeah. here's their first five games um, spread out between September 12th and October 24th. Um, at home against Tulsa, call that a W. At home against West Virginia, call that a W. At Kansas, W. At Baylor, W. Saturday, October 24th, setting up for a matchup in Ames. No, 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 no. Excuse me. In Stillwater, pardon me. In Stillwater with the Cyclones, um, you know we are we're homers for the Clones, but at the same time, um, 
I think at that point they'll have one loss right there, and it's really only against OU. Um, so they'll they'll have four games at that point, and so it'll be a three and one Iowa State team against a four and zero Okie State team. I I just I think they take a step back. I think Gundy's best days are behind him, and honestly, I could see Gundy's time in Stillwater running out the next couple of years. He's never gotten along with the athletic department. He's never gotten along with a lot of the boosters. You know what? That's his alma mater, all these things. But I, I just think his best days are behind him. My team that's going to surprise people, though, sleeper team, and I wrote this one down a while back. K-State was on my list. I wrote this one down a while back, and really they're a sleeper team, and we just have no idea what's going to happen. But until the Max Duggan situation with his heart surgery. Okay. All right. Um, I had TCU pretty high. All right. Because I thought he was a heck of a ball player. They're going to run the ball. They're going to play great defense. I don't know if you saw this. TCU hit the transfer portal hard. Gary Patterson is just a great coach. Like well, they, they they got four or five studs in on the transfer portal this year. Um, and I really, th- But now we have no Max Duggan, and we don't even know when TCU is going to start playing football. We saw that you know the SMU game is already called off due to COVID. So I really think that TCU and Iowa State here in two weeks um, in Fort Worth will be their first game of the season. Yeah. It, yeah, it very well could be. Um, yeah. And sorry, just to, to kind of go back um, and build off your Okie State um, conversation, um, and then we'll get back into ba- uh, excuse me TCU. I think Okie State and Iowa State are going to be 3-1, um, and one, respectively, Iowa State, and 4-0, and oh, Okie State. Um, and then I think Iowa State wins that game in Stillwater. And then I think at that point it starts a four-game skid for Gundy. So I'm with you. Um, yeah. Iowa State. Then he's at home against Texas. Once again, I think Herman has Herman knows he's his seat's getting warmer. Yeah. Uh, then they're at K State at Oklahoma. I mean, I I can see that as a four game skid just as easy. But I can also see him going two and two. This they do this to us every year though. They come that hot sure. streak. They do this. Um, sorry, I, I'm not a believer. Yeah. Back to TCU though. Um, yeah, that very well could be their first game of the year. Uh, well, it is their first game of the year against Iowa State. Um, and then they're at Texas. Kansas State at home, Oklahoma at home. Like that's to start your year with a buzzsaw with Iowa State, and Texas, no Kansas State, OU, no and, and no quarterback. And not to mention the fact that that Baylor is their game after Oklahoma on the thirty first of October. What do we think about Baylor? Baylor is going to be interesting. Baylor. They're 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 did they're not going to lose many athletes. It's just going to be a new system. Well, for it's them a new to system. Learn. It's new corners. You lost Phil Snow. Phil Snow is a great defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. You know, they had structure in place, and I think Dave Rand is going to try to keep that going. Sure. Um, but you lose two coordinators. You lose your staff. You know, I think there's a – Charlie Brewer's a stud. I, I just – I think we're going to see him take a step back. A lot of good seniors on that team last year. I just – coaching – I mean, we don't know if Rand can cut as head coach, I guess. Um, but, but we know what he does do well. And I expect the defense still to be good. Um, because he was LSU's coordinator. He was LSU's right? defensive yeah, yeah, yeah. coordinator. Um, I just think Baylor, you know, on a ten game schedule, I I see them as a five five team. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, um, going from there, so I guess for me, the big question that's going to decide Big Twelve play is is Texas back again? Maybe got a big thumbs down. I do agree with some of this. We see this with coaches all the time. So we have Chris Ash now taking the reins of the defense, and like the name is is just going by me on Texas' new offensive coordinator. He spent time as Oklahoma State's offensive coordinator, went and was co-offensive coordinator at Ohio State last year. Um, but this is going to be Herman's make or break. And Ellinger's good. Last year they had a lot of on un- Mike Yurchich? Yurchich, there we go. 
they had a ton of unlucky breaks with injuries last year. I mean, they were down to like fist string running backs and corners and, you know, all kinds of stuff. But Herman teams for me, just there's not been a lot of discipline. There's not been a lot of passion. The talent is there. They recruit well. They do all this stuff. I mean, so it could be Texas, Oklahoma. I like the K-State angle. Um, at times, I want to sit here and be the typical Iowa State fan and think, wow, we could easily be 5-5. Five and five. But also, I think with the defense, don't wrong, you lose a lot up the middle. Um, but Iowa State has so much depth everywhere. You have nine starters returning on defense. All of your skill players and three very good offensive linemen are coming back on offense. I don't want to write Iowa State off yet. But just being a typical Iowa State fan... They're going to win a game they shouldn't win, and they're going to lose a game they shouldn't lose. I'll double down on you on that one. I think they're going to lose two games they shouldn't lose. I just – It just happens. I don't know. I don't know. And the thing with COVID, too, I will say this. Iowa State has been very detailed with the COVID situation. No For one's sure. getting in or out. Um, and it could be – we could see a little bit survival of the fittest. The teams that want to stay the most disciplined in this COVID thing, you know, and have the kind of depth that Iowa State has or have built – you know, versus some of these other teams, that's going to come a lot of ways. So if you lose this part of a position group or these starters due to COVID, what what could you know? There's a lot that could happen. So I do have one scalding hot take for a big for the Big Twelve season, though. Let's hear. It. Kansas does not finish last. Ooh, who you got? Who do you got rounding out the base? I don't there? think it'll be West Virginia. I think Neil Brown's a good coach. They improve a little bit. Um, you know, they're maybe a four and six type of team. I think we could see like a two or three way tie for last, you know. To be honest, like between like Tech okay. and I think uh, I just I like Matt Wells. Um, I like you know things like that. I just don't see Tech is just gonna kind of be compare them to like a, oh like an Indiana in the Big Ten or someone like that. They're just kind of there, you know. Just be like oh you know probably gonna win whatever. You yeah, know? you know <laughs> they're just they're just kind of there, <laughs> you know. Um, I just I could see like three teams they're tied for last in the Big 12, but Kansas will not be solely in last place. I think they're improved, but also with that said, if they are improved, how do you think Les Miles is dealing with this whole COVID situation and a bunch of change right now? I think he's having a lot of fun. I I think this is the year that Les Miles walks away. You do? Yeah, I do. I don't know. Like, it's – I don't know. I feel like it would be hard for him to judge it off something like this. Like, maybe he's not having very much fun this year, but give it one more year. I think there's a year. lot of coaches that aren't going to have fun this year. Oh, No. And, I, and with I that said, so there's going to be a lot of coaches that should get fired that don't get fired. Cough, cough, Steve Prohm. Um, because of the financial situation that COVID has brought along. Absolutely. So, um, should we move on to the SEC? Sure. I like okay. that. I like that. Okay, I went first in Big 12. Why don't you lay your uh, SEC on me? All right. Um, I have a scalding, scalding hot take for the SEC football as well. Um, a couple of them. Um, first one is... We have um, a team from the SEC East, not named Georgia, in the championship game. I don't know if you've seen some of this stuff. Jamie Newman, keep going, Jamie keep going. Newman decides to opt out. <laughs> I did um, see that. Jamie Newman decides to opt out, and if you're asking who Jamie Newman was, he was a tra- he was a grad transfer that sat out last season to play for Georgia. Um, JT Daniels, Wake is, Forest, right? Yep, Wake Forest. JT Daniels is sitting there, and, and I think he's pretty talented. Um, but I I think Florida. Um, it's going to win the SEC East. Um, I, I think Dan Mullen is the top five head coach of college football. Agreed. Um, and that being said, Alabama, you know, we should just ride in as, you know, the SEC West participant. I think Texas A&M is going to surprise some people this year. I love that. Kellen Mond, you know what, Jimbo's got his stuff 
you know, been there for a couple of years now, building some depth. They've recruited the hell out of kids. Texas A&M is going to surprise some people. So I, I think that's something to watch out for. Watch out for. Um, so my sleeper team is Florida. My underachieving team um, is going to be LSU. Um, they caught a – I don't want to say this because they won the national championship, I mean, in spectacular fashion. But did LSU catch lightning in a bottle last year? Uh, I'll say it, yeah. Joe Brady, um, Dave Aranda, the staff was incredible. They're both – Dave Aranda has a co- head coaching job. Joe Brady went from being the passing game coordinator at LSU to the offensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers. I they Joe Burrow went from a guy we didn't even know was going to start last year. Six to, NFL to players. To being the number one NFL draft pick. You had Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, Jamar Chase is opting out of the season like we talked about. Um, I, I think LSU. Thaddeus Moss. Thaddeus Moss is now is a 500 team this year. Oh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think they absolutely caught lightning in a bottle, but that just happens. Like They had an, an absolutely incredible roster. And it, it sometimes the only way to sustain that success is if you're an Alabama type program. Now, right. who knows? We might be seeing the start of a different dynasty in the SEC. We we might be we might be watching. Um, hang on, let's let's put it this way: we might be watching the 2009-2010 Alabama team start all over again. Remember when they came in and just absolutely ransacked the Longhorns in the national championship? Granted, Colt McCoy gets injured yeah. and he's done. But from that point on, Alabama was Superman. Yeah, and maybe we're looking at that with LSU now. Not seeing it. I just Ed, I'm not. I'm not Orgeron, with I you, like. But... I like Coach Joe. Go Tigers! Go Tigers! Um, I just Coach O. I mean, for what last year was, and it was incredible. Look at every other head coaching stop he's had on his record. You know, and, and maybe, you know, this was just the fit he needed and he can recruit the hell out of guys there. But that coaching staff and Steve Ensminger is still there in some of these other places. But I just I, I just think it was lightning in a bottle. I think they're still going to be competitive, you know, but that is such a tough league and that's such a tough division. I just I, – there's no way they don't take a step back. Yeah, I and I agree with you too. I Honestly, this is – this is not going to be a very much fun segment because you and I literally agreed from top to bottom. On I, that. I do have a couple coaches though. Will Muschamp is dead man walking. Oh, for sure. Like there is no way he's at South Carolina in this season. Um, another one, although Auburn, I think is taking positive steps. Gus Malzahn, you know, has been kind of wanting to get out of that job for the last four or five years. You know, dude, you're literally taking the words out of my mouth. I literally have it. Well, then shut right up here. and let me talk. I, no. So- <laughs> Yeah, Mal- Malzahn has been wanting out of that. I mean, or they've been wanting, you know, it just, it's not amicable right there with that athletic department. And Kyle Trask, or no, Kyle Trask at Florida. Bo Nix is a stud, but we're not even sure if, you know, Bo Nix doesn't have this cool story. Do we even think he's that good? Auburn is highly rated to start the year. I don't, I don't know where I sit. I could see him easily taking an ACC job or, you know, an NFL offensive coordinator job or something like that and just wanting to get the F out of there by the end of the season. If things don't go well. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Once again, I mean, dude, you're stealing the words right out of my mouth. Um, I've I've got Auburn. They're ranked 11th, and I'm I'm honestly not sure how. Um, I I think that they could they could have an opportunity here because LSU is going to take a step back, and the only other potential for them to have, um, you know, a, 
an adversary is A&M. And A&M did not blow us away last year. I think even I predicted, I coin flipped between LSU and A&M to win the West last year and luckily landed on LSU. You had A&M over Alabama? I was in on Kellen Mond. Um, so they disappointed the hell out of us last year. Um, no, I did not have A&M over Alabama. I was just coin flipping, trying to rattle the cage, and it worked. Um, I mean, you've got Arkansas, who's Arkansas. They're not going to touch anything. Sam Pittman, Mi- come on. Mississippi State, uh, love Mike Leach. Oh, They're going to rebuild. Uh, that, that is one thing. Old Miss. What to watch for? Mississippi State with Mike Leach and Ole Miss with the lane train Like, is going to be fascinating. Ole Miss going to be rebuilding, too. I, and I don't even know if you want to call it rebuilding, but you get the picture. I, I think that Alabama's got a cakewalk, and I think Auburn's going to take a Do you a believe humongous... in Mac Jones, though? Do you believe in Mac Jones? No, but I, you know we who come I believe off in? the best quarterback in Alabama. I mean, he changed the game in Nick Alabama. Saban. Nick Saban. I, I know Nick Saban. That's it. I know Nick That's Saban, it. but Tua changed the game from Alabama being run the hell out of the football, play incredible defense, have draft picks along both lines in D-backs and linebackers, and have a mediocre quarterback. To having the best quarter, one of the best college quarterbacks of all time, you know Jerry Judy, you know guys like this. To, you know, I I don't know if Mac Jones is that guy. Okay, you know? well now it's my turn to talk because you wouldn't let me interrupt you, and now you're interrupting me, Dan. How does that work out? It's not very nice. <laughs> Are you surprised? Uh, no, I'm not. Um, I've said I've got Auburn losing minimum four games is where I've got them. Um, they're going to lose at Georgia. I think they're going to lose at. South Carolina, they're at um, – because South Carolina always does that to us once a year, just does something stupid like that. Um, they're at Mississippi, um, Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin's going to get a big win to start. There's there's three right there, and then he's then they've got LSU, Mississippi State, Alabama, and A&M to round out their schedule, along with a 25th-ranked Tennessee, which, again, not really sure where that one's coming from. Auburn's losing a minimum of four you got to remember, like, some of these – Teams we got to have up there because with no Big Ten or Pac-12 teams, fair like, enough. You know, yeah, that's true. Um, so I'm with you on the Auburn train. Um, Alabama's in on the West, and I 100% agreed with you on Florida. Den Mullen is a hammer. Um, don't know how I feel about Kyle Trask. I think that defense is going to be nasty. Um, I'm not sure about the offense. I think the jury's still out on it, but we will see. Um, I I don't know what Georgia's offense is going to look like. Once again, you, you mentioned it. Jamie Newman opts out. What what shape will that take? I don't think Tennessee is a formidable opponent because, once again, Big Ten's gone, So and the Pac-12 is gone, so they somehow sneak into the top 25. It's just – I mean, Florida is going to get there, and um, I'm with you. I, I have Alabama and Florida in, in the SEC championship, and um, I'll build off of that. I have Florida in upset, uh, beating Bama. Really? I do. Um, again, Auburn big step back. I think A&M could challenge. Um, they'll be maybe number two in the West, but, again, it's I mean it's Bama or bust in the West for me. So I think you and I were pretty much chalk on that one. I think that one's pretty easy to go with, to be truthful. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. No, it's it's gonna be fascinating. ACC, what do you got? Uh, I love it. Um, again, I think there's some interesting stuff in this league. I think they're at. Actually, I've got a real good one for you. And I think a lot of people just go Clemson chalk all the way. And I looked this up. This is a discussion I had mm-hmm. before where, you know, Big Ten we have our East and West, SEC East and West. You know, has always been that way. 
Um, the ACC ditched conference play this year when they added Notre Dame for the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. So they're actually going to a Big Ten model or a Big 12 model where they are playing 10 conference games and the conference title game participants will be the two teams with the best record at the end of the season. So what happens in a tiebreaker? Uh, it's same thing as a Big 12. I think, you know, it goes by record, conf- then conference record, then, you know, they have some formula to defeat that ranking well, their, probably. Their, their record, their conference record is their record. Well, the ACC remember is playing a one conference game and then they're playing 11 games versus the other leagues playing 10. So they're playing one non-con. Yeah. Got it. And 10 league games. Okay. I understand now. Don't understand why, but the way it is. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're not you're not putting anyone except Clemson at the top. I mean, I think you could get cute and put Notre chalk, Dame up I there. Think Notre, actually, I think Notre Dame's going to be very competitive. No, no, I, competitive is a good word. Yeah. Not, no. Clemson's on a different level, but I, I would not be surprised. Notre Dame can run the ball well enough and play good defense. Sure. I, I think there's a chance. I have one other kind of sleeper out there that I'm actually pretty high on. Really? Little old North Carolina. No. Nope. North Carolina. I'm out. Sam Howe. Um, David Cookliffe. Oh, wait, he's at Duke. I take yeah. that back. I, um, not that I'm out no. of North Carolina. I Mac just... Brown. Like, I actually I think North Carolina is going to challenge. Um, yeah, they, they took, I, I, they they took, took Clemson to the wire they last year. They took some big steps. They are well coached. Sam Howell has got a little bit of Baker Mayfield in him. For sure. Like, I, I think a little North Carolina has got – that's just so much fun to say. I've uh, – uh, building off of that, um, I, I've actually got North Carolina finishing fourth. Okay. Um, in the conference – I, I think that the sophomore slump is just something we t- see all too often. Uh, you know, we'll we'll hit it home. Brock Purdy, we saw a little, uh, just a little sophomore slump. I think that's got what? to. Well, I mean, like in terms of, seemed like there was some. He completed sixty-seven percent of his passes. Hang on, he threw twenty-seven hang on, touchdowns hang on, to nine hang picks. Hang on, little bit of indecisiveness, some bad mistakes, and some bad areas. You see little things like, let's take the OU game for example. Doesn't see Charlie Kohler in the end zone for the two-point conversion. There's just little, little things. And maybe sophomore slump's the bad word for it, but we see it in players all the time. I think that that's maybe where Sam Howell's heading because I think there's a team out there I read a little bit up on, and honestly, I don't really know much else about them besides this. Um, I'm, I got Virginia Tech as a dark horse here. Fuente? I read um, they are returning nine starters – on the defensive side of the ball. Okay. They're returning every single offensive lineman. And I start. think the I think the quarterback comes back and the running back and maybe a couple like they're returning a ass load of starters. A ton of them. And I, I think that that's another one of those that, hey, the chips can fall right type thing. I, I think there's a lot of people out on Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech got embarrassed at Virginia last year. Um well, they, I'm never out on Virginia and, and- Bronco Mendenhall, they, they're just solid. They they had a chance to, I'm pretty sure, go to the ACC championship if they beat Virginia, and Virginia just spoiled their entire hopes and dreams. So, I mean, they've got Virginia week one here. Um, well, week two or three, I guess, would be on the 19th of September. Virginia, Home against Virginia, home against NC State, at Duke, at UNC. UNC will be a challenge, but then it's Boston, Wake, Louisville, Liberty. Like, you want to talk about some, some games that they could – you know, mail in a little bit, maybe just kind of skate by. Then it's then they're home with Miami, who I don't think is going to be very good at Pitt. But that's a game right there that if Virginia Tech's playing well, Pitt does this to us like, you know, like every other random team in a conference, right? Just one huge upset accidentally. But other than that, just so average. 
that's Pitt, Pittsburgh in the ACC. No, they've been really solid under Narduzzi. They remind me of like a non-flashy Big Ten team, like a Michigan State. Again, I'm not saying they're a bad team. I'm yeah. saying they win a game that they shouldn't win. And if Virginia Tech comes into that game hot, looking ahead to next week, final week against Clemson, maybe ACC championship game preview, you could see a little bit of uh, overlook right there. And then Pitt spoils their party. That's just... I, I do have one team in the ACC that I think is really going to underachieve and be a dumpster fire. The Florida State Seminoles. I've got, Mike, them, I've got them sixth. Mike Norvell has not had a good offseason. No. Remember then what after you know the incident in Minneapolis, he goes around and makes this statement about how he talked to each one of his players individually and how it means all of them. And then the player's like, no, nah, that's a bunch of bullshit. He sent like an automated group text out that if they wanted to talk to him, they could. Mike Norvell, actually I was a fan of it in Memphis. But he has taken three or four steps like that that are things are not going well at Florida State this offseason. Yeah. My thoughts. I'm with you. And I think Narduzzi, Pitt is good enough. Pitt is like a 7-3 and three team, and Narduzzi gets a Big Ten job at the end of the season. I think Mel Tucker falls on his face at Michigan State, and Narduzzi gets that job. There you go. I, I'm with you. I think there's a couple of old powerhouses in the ACC that are just seriously continuing to to slide down the hill, and I don't know why. I think Florida State's one of them. I kind of see Miami doing the same thing. Yeah, man, it's been a long time since the U is the U. I know it. I know it. Just like a couple of those old powerhouse schools that are just going downhill. Right. Or like even then, like back going back to the twenty, you know, the oh nine ten season. Georgia Tech playing in the Orange oh, Bowl. Oh wow! And look what look what's happened to them. Yeah, wow. that's the same team that had Calvin Johnson. A, a triple option team had one of arguably the one of the best receivers of the early 2000s, mid 2000s on their team. Yeah. Or excuse me, mid 2000s. Yeah. Unreal. Uh, right. So I, I guess off of that, um, player of the year for me in that, and then maybe this is a hot take too, um, I've got a Clemson player winning the Heisman. Is it Travis Etienne? It is Travis Etienne. It's been a long time since the running backs won that award. I think as much as – T Law is going to want to come in and, and light the world on fire. I he think had some I think subpar games last year. He's going to do that. I think he's going to have a little bounce back. I think there was a little bit of overlooking on his part. I think he just kind of thought he had it made as a sophomore. Uh, I I'm a big believer in Travis Etienne. I think he runs with purpose. He is fast as hell, and he's bouncy. He sheds sheds tackles. I don't know. I just like him. I think he I think he's going to win the Heisman. And truthfully, if I'm going to, I think. Shit! What did I see? His odds were his odds to win the Heisman were like plus plus a thousand or something like that. Like that's a pretty good buy. Yeah, I mean Lawrence is going to be the odds-on favorite for all oh, these awards. Yeah, actually, for sure. Trevor Lawrence not winning the Heisman was one of my bold my my five look smothering takes. Look at you and I. I know, mind meld. <laughs> um, and I didn't know who I didn't go out there and say ETN because man, a running back really has to have a special season. Like Chuba Hubbard ran for twenty one hundred yards and wasn't in the conversation last year. So it's got to be like a running back-led team that does something like that. And in Clemson, that's not going to be a running back-led team. That's going to be defense. That's a fair point. Trevor Lawrence. You know, I, I really do like Ian Book. Um, I'm not saying for Heisman. Now, let's say this. If the Big Ten does decide to play, Justin Fields is going to be in that conversation as well. Absolutely. Um, I do have some – you want me to get the rest of my scalding hot takes out? Uh, out of the way yeah, here? Well, yeah, mine, my, sorry, my other one, I didn't really announce it, but Virginia Tech as a dark horse in the ACC was my was my scalding hot okay. take. I think I had North Carolina Notre Dame. Notre Dame plays the right style of football um, to take out Clemson. I don't believe it's going to happen, but it could. All right, s- some scalding hot takes. Trevor Lawrence, no Heisman. 
an SEC team does not make the national championship. You mean you mean the playoff or just the final two? No, we'll make final the playoff. Pair. I mean, because the playoff's going to be weird this year uh, with three power conferences, potentially four. Um, I do not believe I, – I just don't know if there is, you know, a world beater, you know, an NFL team amidst the SEC like there has been in the past. I love that. I actually agree with you. So tell me what your, tell me what your college football playoff is. Yeah, I haven't really got that far. <laughs> That's ahead. funny. I, I love that you said that because I actually I don't. Have... I just don't believe there, there's that team in there. Unless, you know, we said this discipline thing, and because Saban is Saban and he is disciplined to a T – and they are survival of the fittest, and they get there and just win by default because, you know what I mean, other teams, you know, we see attrition because of injuries, because of COVID, you know, lose games. You know, I could see them happening. But I just don't think in a normal college football year, SEC – or I don't, I don't see that world beater within the SEC this season that I have in the past. Oh, I'm with you. Uh, again, I, I called Florida upset in Bama in, in that. That's, that's my take here. So I think – the, my top four, the way it ends, I think it's Clemson one, Florida gets the two seed because they win the SEC, Oklahoma gets the three because they're going to win the, the Big 12, and you don't have a Pac-12 Pac or, or Big 10 champion. Who's your to fourth contend. team? Bama. They're going to get in yeah. just by default because they're going to put up a good match, and it's Bama. Like, yeah. Saban gets the benefit of the doubt. And so I love that take. I've got Clemson and OU in the championship. Could this, I think this probably is the year if a Big 12 team does come out with a good record, they, they win a playoff game or have a shot at a national championship. Um, I mean, Clemson, it should be Clemson or bust, but I think just for the sake of discussion and fun, we, we've got to poke some holes in that. Um, I do have another scalding hot take, and I had this one last year, and I'm just going to keep saying it until it happens because it has to happen at some point. We will see a two-loss Power 5 conference team in the playoff. Maybe it's Alabama. Or we will see an AAC team in the playoff being that's a fun one that's a fun one and if it is it'll be luke fickle's cincinnati bearcats i don't believe that can happen wow it'd be a hell of a lot of fun um you know putting undefeated you know cincinnati team versus like a two loss bama team you know things like that who gets in um that would make a lot of fun and once again our favorite athletic director gary barda is in charge of is the head of the playoff committee how one of the worst athletic directors in power in the Power Five gets that job is beyond me. Anyway, so anything could happen, um, but that's kind of one of my takes. Um, two loss sounds weird because the teams are playing shorter schedules, so technically going undefeated should be easier. But because of the nature of the season and the unknowns and the attrition that could happen, I could easily see. You know, we have a couple Power Five conference champions that have two losses. You know, I could easily see that happening. Um, another scalding not taken. This one isn't as much fun. A power five school will drop football this season after the season's over. Hmm. Who like I don't know like who a, will like be. a Rutgers or it, like maybe a, like a Rutgers. I don't know. It, I just UConn kind of already did. UConn wasn't a part of the power five. Um, yeah. Um, but because of the financial situation, if things don't get ironed out. Football is is an enigma in that it is the most expensive sport to play. You have 85 scholarships. You have usually 110 kids on the team. Um, the most equipment, the most travel, the most food, the most budget goes into it. Um, what about a, if what you about don't a place have like Wake Forest? Would yeah, I, I don't that? know. Well, they have such a big endowment; it will never happen. Right. Yeah, such I a, don't know. But 
also that being said, it's you know it's the most expensive, but it brings in the most income. But if you're a school like a UConn that isn't in a Power Five conference and doesn't have that income coming, you know that's the most expensive sport for you to play. It made sense for them to not play this year. Absolutely. Um, is there another school out there that's in a bad enough financial situation that just said, "Hey, you know what? We're done. You know, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna become, you know, like one of these big East basketball schools, like Creighton or somebody else." You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Or like, say, "Hey, we're gonna throw in the towel for five years and try to recoup our losses in yeah. in other ways, and then and then jump back in the pool and start from scratch." You know, I I just think we're gonna see just unmitigated you know things that have never happened before this year in college football and it's gonna be wild yeah that's i like that that's that's pretty interesting um cool so that's kind of where we uh where we left it um with college football that's that's the meat of our college that's gonna that's honestly and if the big 10 does play ohio state is gonna just run a train on people oh for sure like you know run a train Fields possibly Heisman, they'll, they'll and be they the will reason, win the national championship. They'll be they the reason it. that yep. Harbaugh loses his job, not this year. Oh, I think. Yeah, I think year. if they play, I think if they play, they are going to hang fifty or sixty on Michigan after Harbaugh's It'll comments be ugly. Ryan Day, Ryan Day earlier. This It'll season. be ugly. I can't wait. I can't wait for sure. Um, yeah. I would like to uh, Dan, if you're okay with it, I would like to move on to my uh, gambling segment. If you would like to hear some picks, um, I've I've got four. Um, if you guys remember anything from me last year, I really, really like kind of diving into those um, non-P5 schools. I love gambling on the Fun Belt, the MAC, which unfortunately won't get to happen this year. Um, the American Athletic. I had a pretty good record in the American last year. I'll have to look that up and maybe deliver that next time, kind of look at my track record from last year. Um, one, There's a couple games that really caught my eye, and I've actually got um, two Power 5 games and uh, – well, actually, yeah, two power fives, three power fives, whatever. So my first one um, I think is maybe going to ruffle some feathers here, um, but actually it makes a lot of sense. Um, our beloved Iowa State Cyclones are notorious for slow starts. Um, this is a very weird season. Defense is going to have to gel. I think it could potentially be one of the better defenses we have seen in a while with the return of Jaquan Bailey. Um, our defensive backs are going to have to take some serious strides. Here's a name for you, just a Ishim Young. This is a name for you. Just watch out, Ishim Young. Just telling you right now. Yeah. Um, we've we're we're going up against a, a Lafayette. Um, yeah, ULL, right? Lafayette. I think they're just Louisiana now. Are they? They're just Louisiana. The, this Ragin' Cajun team, I believe, is returning. Uh, their their star quarterback from last year, who I believe threw for over twenty five hundred yards and rushed for about nine hundred, and two running backs that both rushed for over eight hundred yards combined. They had a three headed monster last year. One kid ran for over eleven hundred yards, and they had two eight hundred yard rushers along with their quarterback. This team can run the ball hard, so I, I'm I'm not trying to create panic and fear in the Iowa State fans, but you guys better keep your head on a swivel because this could be a real interesting first game. Um, well, to the, just think about how Campbell's teams have started. Again, seasons. that's exactly right. Their slow starters are notorious. I do think that the Clones pull it out. I think it's, What is it, plus 11 right now? They're, uh, um, the number I've got is 11 and a half. Um, I like the Clones to win, but by a touchdown or less. I could see like... Like a late score, you know, like a backdoor cover, like a 38 to 30. Absolutely. Something like that backdoor cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my first one. Um, 
I I think that I think that Louisiana team is going to be stout. So, uh, and it has nothing to do with the fact that that we've got a talented team in Ames, but I think that that the Raging Cajuns are no slouch, and I I believe will not be taken lightly. But again, notorious slow starts for the Clones. Okay, next up, I've got Clemson minus thirty two and a half at Wake Forest. I don't need to say anything about it. Take Clemson to cover big numbers. 32 and a half. Yeah, I laughed. Take yeah. Clemson to cover big numbers. I think there were a couple times where I took Clemson and Ohio State in in the same week to cover over 50, and I don't think I missed once. Take Clemson to cover the big number. Lock that bad boy up. My next one, um, I'm going to go back to my dark horse in the Big 12, K-State. K-State hosting Arkansas State, who, by the way, uh, I believe just lost to um, would be oh who did they just play Memphis excuse me by 13 points in Memphis Arkansas State losing to a brand new Memphis squad brand new coaching staff in Memphis you really think that Clemen and crew can't cover 10 and a half against an Arkansas State team at home on their first game they're just going to run it right down their throat and it's going to be game over Ten and a half, lock that one up. I K State Wildcats. Okay, so I'm on a roll here. We're going four and zero this week, ladies and gents. Speaking of the ACC, taking big steps back. Miami hosting UAB, the Dragons. UAB scoring 45 points against Central Arkansas School for the Blind. Doesn't matter. UAB's covering the 13 and a half that they're getting. I think Miami squeaks one out in a in a nail-biter fashion, uh, late field goal, UAB covers, so close, but yet so far, those are my four locks. Fair enough. Want to make some money, get on there. Ka-ching, the price is right. I don't gamble. I love gambling. Terrified. I love it. So much fun. So, I, It's one of those things, like, you know, I kind of have an addictive personality. You know, I think if I started, like, it just, it would, would be bad stop. for everyone. Yeah, it's bad for all parties involved. Um, well, kids, I, uh, I would think that at this point we've, we've covered a lot of our college football stuff. Um, we will see how the NFL plays out this Sunday, actually starting Thursday, excuse me. We get to watch Patty Mahomes and turn down for Deshaun Watson. Uh, yeah, well, that's a Thursday night game. That'll be fun. That'll be fun to watch. Um, I'm sure no fans in the stands. I honestly haven't even heard any different than that. Where's so, that? Kansas City's allowing like uh, I believe twenty two percent. I believe fans. it's in KC. If I remember, I believe they're allowing um, twenty two percent of their fans. I think that if when we when we get back together here in about two weeks, I think it's going. We have yeah. I think it's going to be very interesting to see um, where we go. Um, if we get the opportunity to record next weekend, um, which I actually highly doubt happens, my uh, son is getting baptized next Sunday. So we're going to take care of that. Peace be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. <laughs> <laughs> so we will probably see you all in two I, weeks. I have I have a fail of the week. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. That was my bad. Yes, and and this fail? one's a good one. Um, it involves... Here's the deal. I don't even hate Iowa that much. You know what? They're they're a university. They're our brethren. I hate the arrogance and the entitlement of some of the Iowa fan base. You know what? There's some Iowa State fans that probably do. But there is one individual involved with Iowa athletics that, you know, brings exemplifies these fans to a T. And that would be the world's favorite athletic director, Gary Bardo. 
the one who is approaching $10 million in paid-out settlements um, due to racism scandals, sexism scandals, um, the peer peers cover-up, lots of things. But anyway, anyway um, you may have heard in the news, Iowa, the University of Iowa cut, was it four or five sports this week? Men swimming and diving. Um, you know, there's a, few, you know, a handful of sports they had to cut due to budget concerns, you know, with COVID-19 concerns. Um, along with that, you know, Iowa State was one of the first. The University of Iowa um, had all of their coaches that made over X amount and staff members in the athletic department that made over X amount take a 10% temporary budget cut. Makes sense, right? If you've got budget concerns. Mm-hmm. Well, um, five sports were cut and it saved the athletic department around $978,000. Um, with that being said, um, Gary Barta decided, you know, hey, we've got an, almost an extra million dollars in the budget. And he made the decide to call, um, and this is quoting the Des Moines Register. Um, the Des Moines Register reports that Iowa will pay out $575,000 more in base salaries to its football coaches this year. And that is after a racism scandal. Um, that is pending no football season in the Big Ten. And after the loss of five sports for the University of Iowa. We cut five sports. We cut all these coaches back 10%. But, hey, let's give everybody a raise. With a football season, that may not even happen. So, this goes... So he is such a dingleberry. I just, like, you know, like, it just goes out there. Every Iowa Hawkeye assistant football coach receives a forty to $90,000 raise for the 2020-2021 season and that's even with a 10% salary reduction so with the 10% salary reduction they are still bringing home more money than they did last year um phil parker goes from eight hundred thousand dollars last year to eight hundred ninety thousand and brian ference goes from seven hundred ninety thousand to eight hundred sixty thousand and if you were aware during the hushback blackwell report brian ference's names was on one of these envelopes that the law firm recommended removing um so there you go gary barda applause to you fail of the week and I'm sure there will be many, many more. I don't even think it's fail of the week at this point. It's like fail of the century, like fail of like the last 10 years. Like like you said, all those allegations. Just mishandling. Just, oh, my gosh. It's it's not my good. My favorite was when he, he sent out, remember um, the Iowa State game a handful of years ago when something got stolen from the Iowa locker room? And he sent out letters to all of Iowa State football opponents talking about lack of security at Jack Trice and make sure you bring some because it's just a dangerous play to go, place to go and play, you know, and, and all this other stuff. And it turned out the person that broke into the University of Iowa locker room and stole something was a University of Iowa student. You Gotta know. love it. Gotta yeah. love it. Well, there what you go. A clown. Hands uh, off to you, Gare. If I have a – there's one fail of the week, and this will be the only time we ever talk about tennis – Novak Djokovic getting booted from the Australian Open or whatever the hell it w- was because he couldn't keep his 12-year-old temper in check and spiked a ball at a ref on accident out of anger because he's losing. And then they discuss it for 10 minutes and he gets ejected and asked to leave. It was amazing. Like, don't be stupid. You're a professional athlete. You're acting like me on the golf course. That's never a good look. <laughs> Not for anybody. No, sir. All right, kids. Thanks for uh, having us back. Stay safe out there. We, uh, we enjoyed getting back in touch with all of you um please tweet at us um i think we're gonna have to start if anyone has any new segment ideas or yeah, topics they want to hear something cover, have like, at it. yeah absolutely and we have a third microphone yeah we, we uh I, I believe we're gonna start um it, trying to regularly invite um listeners people who want to just get on and get in the tavern with us um honestly hawk fans are welcome we could always use some perspective 
Um, especially Hawk fans don't have a lot of perspective. That's true. But, Maybe there's a couple of them that probably have a little bit of level-headedness, but we'll see about that. Um, we appreciate you. We will probably chat here in about two weeks or so after uh, Sammy gets baptized, and we'll be a couple weeks into the football season here. And go clones, baby. Peace out. <laughs>